Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, you know those pesky resort destination BS hotel fees we all hate? A lawsuit Mm -hmm. against Marriott claims those fees make the hotel chain tens of millions of dollars a year. We have the how we scam you out of your money details next in the news. Our Smarter Traveler segment steps aside a bit today, and at 3.20, we are joined with by Richard Lewis of Broadway, Sacramento. Richard has a new theater and a new show to brag about. Continuing with the Brag About Sacramento theme, we'll update you on all things food around town, including the Fried Chicken Trail, coming up at 3.35. Sacramento is one of the top 10 foodie cities in the country. Uh, That's what WalletHub's new research says. We'll talk to them about it coming up at 350. Everyone is out and about more. Today, we talk about Sacramento. Next week, we're going to Hawaii. After all, we are the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano here with you. Thanks for joining us. By the way, you can uh, find links to our special guests and so much more at our website, which is TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, it's been a week since we were here last, and uh, last Sunday, man, it was raining five and a half, six inches. It set an all-time record, and today it's... It's all sunshine and roses, huh? Yeah, we can honestly say last Sunday the rain came down harder than it ever did, or at least longer or more or something. But uh, all week long, all of the people who were involved with weather and stuff reminded us that, well, the drought is not over. But all I can tell you is that there's about twice as much water in Folsom Lake as there was at this time last week. Of course, that means four drops instead of two, but still, at least it's it's a step in the right direction. Don't go flushing your toilet or washing your hands or doing your dishes or anything but maybe by the end of the the winter we'll be able to to get out of that now mark you had a uh a little short trip a uh, route 66 california jaunt did the weather hold up tell us we a little did. bit about we it had, we had great weather and a really good time we flew down to las vegas and started in the uh town of oatman which is this little old mining town where the miners went away in World War II. The boroughs that the miners left behind stayed, and the borough, the relatives of the boroughs who were there in the 40s are now still there. And they come in. They're not afraid of tourists or anything. They kind of hang around the town. It's part of the allure or the the brand that is Oatman. It's kind of a funky old town. It's in Arizona. It was on the old highway, Route 66. And then from there, we crossed. Uh, we went down to Needles and crossed into California and uh, saw all kinds of, of cool things stopped at the mcdonald's museum uh in san bernardino (laughs) yeah toured a uh, visited a wigwam uh one of the wigwam units of the wigwam motel in san bernardino 
we had a we really had a good time. We had, like I said, perfect weather. We spent four days making our way all the way to uh, had lunch on the pier yesterday in Santa Monica, and then we're lucky enough to have a flight that was operating on time to get home to Sacramento last night. So uh, we had we had a good time. We had such a wonderful group of people, and you know, travels as we've talked about often on the show. Uh, it, it is not perfect right now. I mean, it's just not. There's there's a lot of things you just, you know, the coach with 30 people pulls up out front and you say a little prayer to yourself and hope that everything is the way that you planned it to be before you get off to go inside. And uh, more often uh, than before, it is. Things are, and, and, and people are working really hard on the supply th- side. And, and, and I just want to remind you that restaurants, hotels, a lot of people in the service industry, whether it's tourism or just services in general, uh, are shorthanded right now. So remember to be kind to the people who showed up. You know, I mean, truly, it might not be the person's fault who was there trying to help you that they're trying to do three people's jobs. So, you know, and, and sometimes just a, a little kindness goes a lot further um, they're trying to help three people, and you're the kindest. Guess who gets the most help? There you go. Yeah. So there you go. All righty. Uh, and later on in the program, we'll talk about your uh, your next visit. Some some yeah. A, a little bit further away. A little than, bit uh, further away. Yes. <laughs> that'll be coming up in the program. Lots going on today, but at the top of every Travel Guys Radio program, we do our best to bring you up to date on the constantly changing travel news. And with that changing news, here's Mark. Wait a minute. It just changed. No. Uh, Here's some good news. We reported a couple weeks ago that passport times had gotten completely ridiculous. Um, In July, it was 12 to 18 weeks to get a a renewed passport, unless, of course, you purchased the expedited service, and uh, that would only take 10 weeks. So... That was continuing into September, and now we are getting word from the State Department that as of last week, a uh, process of an application, passport application is now 8 to 11 weeks for a new passport, and uh, expediting pass, uh, expedited service is 5 to 7 weeks. That's for a new or renewed passport. So it's come down considerably, but you still need two to three months, it looks like there, um, if it's a new uh, passport or an application, and even if you pay an extra 60 bucks, you're still going to need uh, five to seven weeks. So anyway, keep that all in mind. A lot of folks now are getting all excited about international travel and go to look at their passport. Remember, your passport has to be valid for at least six months until after, uh, after your return date for many countries to accept you as an inbound passenger. So a lot of things there. It's kind of it's back to that old do your homework thing. You know, it's Passports 101 to to be able to know what you need to know before you take off. United Airlines, which is kind of strange, has decided they're going to resume the sale of hard liquor. On a week when we had uh, a flight attendant get bashed, that story in a little bit. Uh, but miniature bottles of the hard stuff will be available on United starting the November the 15th. You heard in the news at the top of the hour that... Uh, over a thousand flights have been canceled this weekend. I found it really interesting that the commentator in the news just left it a thousand flights, didn't narrow it down to one airline. The reality of the matter is that the vast majority of the flights, about 1,400, have been canceled total, 
and about 1,300 of those have been American Airlines. They've also had more than a 1,000 delays. If you were listening carefully, the guy at the top of the hour took a quote from somebody who was at Charlotte's Douglas Airport. Guess what that is? Charlotte's Douglas Airport is a hub for American Airlines. So mm-hmm. if you were flying American in the next couple of days, they are the latest to meltdown. You'll want to make absolutely certain that your flight is operating and operating on time. Um, I noticed South. we flew southwest yesterday. I noticed that they had proactively canceled a few morning flights out of Sacramento. So it's obvious that whether you blame it on weather or shortage of people or you just want to make something up if you're an airline, the reality is as airlines are having a hard time getting all of their schedules off the ground, and that's kind of interesting because we're not in a particularly peak period right now. Uh, many airlines have added a lot of schedules for the holidays, so we'll see how that goes. If you think resort fees are too high, um, or you just hate resort fees in general, or whatever they call them, destination or amenity fees, or anything else that the hotel can make up, uh, Marriott Hotel got sued by the District of Columbia in 2019 for its use of resort fees, and that case is still going on. And some documents have been opened up in the court that shows, these unsealed documents, shows that Marriott makes literally tens of millions of dollars a year from these resort fees, which is something that wouldn't come as a surprise to any of us. We probably figured that, but this is the first time that any revelation has been made as to exactly what the amount of these are, Tom. And it's mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Um the way the lawsuit accuses Marriott of keeping the fees hidden solely to increase its profits. And there is a document that was uncovered uh, in this uh, cache of, of documents they found. And literally, uh, Marriott's longtime vice president for guest experience and rooms operations, a gentleman named Jeffrey Wolf, is quoted, quoted at saying that if we don't increase our resort fees, we will be at a competitive disadvantage. We want to have profit. So apparently this gentleman is now retired. So, But anyhow, uh, Marriott has been a little bit revealed here, and, and, and I don't think that this is any surprise, as I said, nor are they the only people. I'm sure that every major yeah. hotel chain uses this as a huge profit source. What the heck else would it be when a hotel in a place like Hawaii charges you 30 bucks a day, and the only sure. thing you really get out of it is Internet access and bicycle rental if you want it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's a high profit margin uh, kind of a fee. And uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to uh, they're not going to give it up easily. It's it's like the airlines and all the uh, money they make off of the unclaimed vouchers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other cash source, a passenger who disrupted a Hawaii flight. For those who are thinking about back to acting bad on an airplane is facing 20 years in prison and a $300,000 fine. This is a guy who was flying from Honolulu to Seattle and uh, punched out a flight attendant over, uh, didn't really want to wear a mask. And the FAA issued a $52,000 fine. Delta Airlines has banned him from traveling on their airline and hopefully any other airline. But this gentleman is also facing some other charges, and he could end up with as much as 20 years in prison. I'm just going to tell you, if you, you, if you want to misbehave someplace, uh, if you want to ruin all the rest of your days, do it on an airplane because there's a real good chance that you can just put everything all in one shot. 
Um, I, I don't. I just don't get that. I truly don't get that because it's not going to end well for you if you get up in the sky and something goes wrong and you caused it. Uh, and booming, it, despite the fact that there are a lot of issues in Hawaii, we're going to talk about this next week. Um, increasingly, folks in Hawaii who live there are put up with fed up with visitors from the mainland who come there and don't treat them or their islands with any kind of respect. And so we'll be over there next week, and that's one of the uh, issues that we plan to address on this very program. Hawaiian Airlines announced uh, just on Friday that uh, travel is booming, and despite these these issues between residents and tourists, Hawaii is adding Hawaiian is adding schedules from Seattle and Los Angeles to some islands for over the holidays, also a couple of extra flights from San Francisco. So uh, Hawaii is tremendously popular right now. Folks are flocking there. Hotels are filling up. The biggest problem in Hawaii has been restaurants, another thing we'll look at next week. Uh, most of them have been ocup- op- operating under the governor's authority at 50% occupancy. So that makes it a little bit tough uh, for tourists, especially for favorite restaurants that are only occupying occup- Operating at 50%. We'll see some new Hawaii travel rules, I'm sure, next week. And one final little announcement here that has a little to do with nature and a little to do with tourism because people go there to see these butterflies every year. The Pismo Beach Butterfly Grove, where the monarch butterflies migrate every year, has seen a 3,500% increase in the number of monarch butterflies that are migrating there this year. So if you're headed to Monterey to see the butterflies all uh, clustered in the trees down there there is a lot more to see than there was last year and that is related of course to the uh, day of the dead i might point out which is like now uh all righty then my friends coming up broadway returns to sacramento and richard lewis mr sacramento broadway returns to the travel guys uh, he joins us next right here on the radio stick around Hey there, everyone. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us. Remember now, our special guests, links to to them and all that they're about can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark? Thank you, Thomas. Something kind of novel has been happening in Sacramento here recently. People have been going to the theater together, indoors. (laughs) And more of that is coming. Our special guest here is Richard Lewis, the Grand Poobah of Sacramento Theater. Richard, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mark. It's always a terrific opportunity to address your audience specifically, but the KFBK audience in general. A very, yeah. very bunch of supportive folks. And, and you know, uh, uh, Mark and you and Tom have been so supportive of Broadway Sacramento over the years it's uh and it's just uh, it's always great to to uh, be on the show with you well you guys have done a great job you know and we were just talking a little bit before we started the interview here and you were telling me that the folks who were part of the the hamilton uh cast that was here in town were very impressed by not only the new theater but the the quality of the audience our audiences in sacramento have actually always gotten a pretty much positive reviews uh, from the touring companies uh, but you're right when you say that the uh, the building itself 
has also received a, a, a good review from the, uh, from, the, from the Hamilton company. They were uh, very impressed with the acoustics, and uh, the one comment that was made to me by a member of the cast was that the, uh, engine, the audio engineer and the stage management team uh, said that they had never heard, heard, heard the show sound better than it uh, sounded here in Sacramento, which I, th- I think speaks wonders for the the uh, improvements that have been made to the acoustics uh, in the seating area. So, um, you're the, the man who would pass the ultimate judgment here. So, what did you think? Did you agree with the with the cast from Hamilton and stuff? Are you are you happy with the with the sound and the new theater? And I mean, it only you're not going to get another one in your lifetime. So, you know. Well, uh, thanks for reminding me about the, the limit of my of my life. The uh, uh, I have to say uh, the. The the new building is terrific, and it uh, it is performing very very well. One of my big focuses, acoustics, was one, and and I believe that we have achieved that mark. Uh, the other issue is always about ladies' restrooms, and uh, you you can never have enough ladies' restrooms. There will always be a line, but I would tell you that uh, what I observed on the performance that I attended. Uh, and I watched at the intermission was the lines for the ladies' restrooms moved very efficiently. It was uh, it was a great pleasure to see when you go from from 24 facilities, shall we say, to 60. Uh, you wow. know you're going to have an improvement. Yeah. And uh, so what what we didn't see was we didn't see people having to cross the K Street Plaza to use the facilities in the convention center. And, uh, and so for me, okay, that was it. That's, that's, those were the, the two biggest things I needed to see happen. And uh, the, other, the other huge, huge, wonderful issue is that we are now 100% ADA compliant throughout the building. And that's both in the seating area, in the lobby space, backstage. It's, it's compliant, and uh, we were able to successfully uh, do the our open caption performance that we do. Uh, our uh, American Sign Language performance went well. Our descriptive services for the blind went extremely well. Uh, the, we were very happy with with uh, the technology there that enabled us to uh, to to make that happen the right way. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's been wonderful, and. A lot of this, I have to say, we have to give a tremendous thanks to the mayor of Sacramento, uh, Daryl Steinberg, uh, because last June, from what I was seeing, I was quite concerned that, in fact, the theater was not going to be ready to open Hamilton on September the 15th. Uh, but the uh, the mayor uh, understood my concerns, and uh, he absolutely went to work behind the scenes to make sure that contractors and suppliers and labor unions, that they all understood this is a priority for, for downtown Sacramento, period. Between you and I here, here mm-hmm. here's the man who's been involved in theater here forever in Sacramento, indoors, outdoors, up the street, down the alley, wherever it is he's involved in. Imagine that, you know, for years you, you, you hope for a, a building with – you know, better acoustics and some of the things that theater people want. And imagine that when the whole thing is done, the most important issue in the building 
isn't the sound or the dressing rooms or the <laughs> lobby or anything. It's how many facilities are there for the ladies. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the ladies. And, and, and honest to God, I'm not trying to make fun here. That's that's the that's really is an incredibly important item. So Hamilton was well received. What next? Next, we have an officer and a gentleman. We are very much looking forward to hosting uh, that production here in Sacramento. And uh, again, it's it's uh, it, it'll be very exciting because this this show is brand new in a box. And uh, we we know it's based on a movie from some time ago, but nonetheless, the show itself is is really it's new, and uh, and that's that's going to be exciting. And of course, we're we're also looking forward to at the holidays, and we'll have uh, our the presentation of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and and then of course we look forward to our music circus uh, summer season 2022. We had to had to take a couple of seasons off there. And uh, but now we're we're going to come uh, roaring back, and uh, and we're we're very excited about uh, about our future projects. Richard, what is the current COVID protocol uh, set in place here for the audiences uh, at the the new theater? We are members of the Broadway League uh, out of New York, and we will we. We, we will follow their guidelines. Their guidelines require that the uh, audience be masked, uh, that we check COVID uh, vaccination proof uh, upon entry. And if, in fact, uh, they can't uh, get the vaccination, then it's about having a proof of a negative test within 72 hours of their performance, which is what we went through with uh, Hamilton. And that was 65,000 people over four weeks. Uh, so we don't anticipate any any uh, bumps in the road there. We, we certainly know what we're doing now. Uh, in terms of backstage, uh, anybody backstage has to be vaccinated or, again, uh, go through testing. Uh, so we don't anticipate any, any bumps in that road either. Do you encourage people to arrive a little extra early because of having to show your vaccine card and all of that may take a little longer to get in? Absolutely. 45 minutes prior to uh, prior to curtain is what we encourage. Broadway Sacramento officer and a gentleman starts next week. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory coming in uh, over the holidays. So a great family opportunity next season is going to be anchored by Wicked. Uh, it's it, theater is back in Sacramento and won't be too long till we'll be talking about music circus for the summer. So here's a great opportunity to get out and see the new theater. We will have a link. If you want to get tickets, we'll have a link at travelguysradio.com so that you can get uh, some tickets and go downtown and see the show next week. Richard, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your time, oh. my friend. I really congratulate you on the new facility. I know that you've uh, waited patiently for a long time, and thanks for the, the kudos to uh, to the mayor. He's an old buddy of mine, and he's always had a soft spot in his heart for for the arts, so I'm really happy to hear that he went to bat for you and made it all happen. I, I, you know what, and, and, and again, I, you know, I, I, I thank you, Mark, and I thank Tom. It's always always terrific to, to have the opportunity to, you know, to speak to the folks. And uh, i, I got to tell you, personally, I've been working on a version of this uh, renovation project since the, literally the turn of the century. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to finally see it get it done uh, post-recession, post-pandemic. Anyway, it's 
it's just great to be. It's great to have a show back up and running, and we're looking forward to next week. Great, my friend. Break a leg. Have a great time next week. Officer and a gentleman. New theater downtown. Richard Lewis from Broadway, Sacramento. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You can tell Richard is pretty darn happy about being back in the theater business. Uh, all I can say is, hey, it might be a good show. Um, buy a, If you're not doing anything next week, buy a ticket and go see it. What the heck? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Broadway is back. Sacramento Theater is back. If you like theater, you can... Get vaccinated and go. That's great. Well, all right, my friends. Uh, it is Mark and Tom. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. When we come back, we are going to, what's it called? It's called the Sacramento Fried Chicken Trail. It For is. For heaven's sakes, what is that? You're gonna, we'll both find out when we return from the news here on the Travel Guys. You know, how did we do that? We forgot to wish our audience a happy Halloween at the very beginning of the show. Probably a lot of people must have figured, well, this must be one of those one of those taped shows. They don't know what day of the week it is. It's Halloween. It is. Yeah, it I'd, is. Be, I'd be very curious to see how things go to this time around. Last year, mm-hmm. nobody came. I put a table out in my driveway and and loaded it up with candy. And you're and in put a, a house. Sign and, and yes, and I loaded it up and I put uh, you know take one, take two, help yourself. Mm-hmm. And the whole night went went by and, and nobody came. Hmm. So I this year, I would have come to your house and taken the candy if I'd known that. I mean, I'm sorry, I should have told you. <laughs> okay, this year, this year we're we're gonna. Uh, we're going to fire up the fire pit in the front yard and put the table out and, and actually sit out there and uh, watch the people not come up and take candy. I see. So we'll did see you, how it goes. Did you know candy uh, and, and, and the whole trick-or-treating thing really actually originated with World War One? And if we had 10 minutes and not a guest on the line, I would tell that story. <laughs> but we'll save it for a future Halloween. Speaking okay. of things that you can eat, we live in Sacramento where we produce a heck of a lot of things that you can eat. And our restaurants and the places who take those things and make yummy things out of them are becoming more and more known. Our guest is Carrie Miskett. Carrie is with Visit Sacramento, and she is here to talk a little bit about the fact that Sacramento's foodie scene is just exploding. And she sent me this thing about a fried chicken trail, and it got my attention and we decided that really there was an awful lot to update here about for foodies around who, who, who like to eat in their own hometown. Carrie, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Mr. Romano is on one side. I'm on the other. You'll be in the middle. We're just going to pepper you with questions here. Um, Carrie, tell us a little bit. You, you must have some things that you want to share about growth in the foodie scene here in Sacramento and the restaurants and and with COVID dying down this is going to become a big deal again. You know it's so great to see that we can kind of get out and explore these incredible restaurants that really have been through so much um, over almost the last two years now. You know we like to say at Visit Sacramento that Sacramento's food scene I think has always been incredible but especially over the last five years or so we've really come into our own. Um, we declared ourselves America's Farm to Fork Capital in 2013, and that was really 
to kind of stake our claim on this incredible amount of fresh ingredients that are coming out of our region and into our restaurants. And since then, I think the scene has really taken off. You know, we're seeing chefs and restaurateurs from all over the country and even some of those who started in Sacramento coming back home to really um, establish something special here. There's something great on almost every corner. And so, again, this is really the moment that we're hopeful we can get back out and start exploring again. Wow, wow. I, I, I'm sort of a, uh, I, I love the, the fried chicken thing, and we'll get to that in, in a couple minutes here, but uh, I'm more of a meat and potatoes guy. So, and, and I go, I'm, I do most of my restauranting on the road because I travel for a living. So on the rare occasion that I'm here at home, for a meat and potatoes guy, where would I go in town? You know, I got to tell you, um, again, okay, picking any favorites I just have to put out there in my job is like picking a favorite child. So just know this is a sampling um, of what's out there that's great. For you, Nash and Proper can't beat it. Um, They started out as a food truck um, that I personally would follow all over Instagram to figure out where they were going to be parked that day. And now they've got a couple of brick and mortar locations, including um, over on K Street. It is a fried chicken experience like no other. I will tell you that when I lay my head down at night, sometimes I think about those chicken strips and French fries, not going to lie. I will go out of my way for that meal. I have a friend who loves chicken sandwiches. And so you, you, you wrote here, you said, I dream about their chicken tenders and fries when I close my eyes at night. So, you know, we need to meet each other because if, if <laughs> we, we probably would make great dining companions. But, yeah, so Nash and Proper. Uh, Thomas, what's your, what's your favorite kind of food? Well, I'm kind of like you, Mark, in that I, I am a traditional, uh, you know, meat and potatoes kind of guy. You know, give me a good meatloaf, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. You go to, uh, you go do... to, you go to Golden One once in a while, right? Yes. Yeah. So what's your favorite place down there? Well, let's see. There is a, uh, there is a couple. There is, first of all, there is the, there's a burger place. Help me out with this, uh, I'm trying to think of it, uh, Carrie. What's the burger place there right near the Golden One, part of the Doco? Oh, my it's... gosh. I'm thinking about Burger Bar, but that's close to the name. But I was going to tell you my favorite spot for a burger over there in case you're looking. Um, yes. And that is Camden Spit and Larder, which I think some people kind of expect is going to be an unapproachable, fancy spot. And don't um, don't get me wrong, it's a lovely, um, elegant setting. But chef and co-owner um, Oliver Ridgway has really created this space that sort of pays um, tribute to his roots in England, but also kind of blends with California. And I will tell you that I have walked into that man's restaurant thinking every intention that I'm going to get a nice, healthy salad. And again, the salads are great. Um, but I, nine times out of ten, will buckle and have a burger the moment I sit down. Definitely worth it. And walking distance to the arena. Yeah, and the burger bar is uh, exactly it, the, the one that I was thinking of. And enjoy it. They, they've got a great variety. And if you like uh, things all natural, they, they can take care of you there. Uh, what is the deal with this fried chicken trail? Is, is it, uh, can I get a map of this? You can. So you can go to visit um, sacramento.com, and we've got all the info there on our site. Um, you know, we were, we've just been all, you know, for the last two years kind of thinking of ways that we can encourage 
people to go out and explore these restaurants um, in any way that they can, um, as we've kind of been dealing with what we've been dealing with. And um, we came up with this concept that, you know, there's so much good fried chicken all across the Sacramento region. And so we thought, why not put together a little trail um, that we're still building as we speak to kind of get people out um, and excited about exploring restaurants. And, you know, there's some names on that list that I think that you would expect, Nash and Proper being one of them, um, or Bach. But then there's also some that I think, I mean, I didn't expect to be on the trail. Solomon's Deli is on there. Um, Hawks is on there. Um, Just some great places to try. And while you're there, um, get some fried chicken. And you can, as you go and explore each spot, you can check in and then win some fun prizes along the way. Carrie, let me ask you, we're we're, we're talking here with uh, Carrie Miskit from Visit Sacramento. And we're talking about food in and around our fair city. Um, Carrie, suddenly, or, or maybe not suddenly, but uh, after a period of, of waiting in the wings, Michelin and some of the folks who really acknowledge top food, f- top restaurants around the country started to look at Sacramento in the last couple of years. What, what made that happen, do you think? You know, I think it was sort of a collective, right? I think we all, there was this sort of united movement um, in our city to kind of rally behind our food scene. Um, you saw, speaking of Golden One Center, you saw it there. Um, they made a pledge um, around their opening to source um, all of their ingredients from within 150 miles of the court. Um, UC Davis Health um, now has overhauled their food program so that it, it is fresh and locally sourced. I mean, it looks like restaurant food in a hospital. Um, and so we really have, I guess, as a city, kind of rallied behind this thing that I think we all always knew was special here. Um, but the raising of our voices, I think, reached some further corners Um, My boss and I in um, the before times, as I like to say, when we could travel more, um, (laughs) would go to New York every year to talk to travel magazines about Sacramento. And for a while there, you know, these were kind of challenging conversations. They wouldn't know much about us. And the last trip that we took, um, we sat down at Food Network and the editor sat down and said, tell me about your food scene. And it was so gratifying to kind of know that um, the good work of the people of the city is being recognized. I've got to, I, I just have to say this, I, I know this is like disgusting to even bring up a fast food restaurant as being popular with fried chicken, because there's a lot of them, uh, but there has been a run on and quite a bit of conversation about the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. Yes. And I got to tell you, I have not been able to get my hands on one, but it's in my plants because I've done the reading and it, I mean, I've heard it lives up to the hype, you know? Yeah, well, if you're you're going to know what the best independent is, you better know what the best is out there on the the street, too. That's... That's yeah, you've got to have a barometer, right? I, not opposed. <laughs> Absolutely. Not opposed. Um, Carrie, the, 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 the restaurant scene in Sacramento here really is becoming a huge part of the brand. I, I'm, I'm guessing that of what Visit Sacramento feels that it has to offer to people when you're trying to attract meetings or just groups or people like myself to come to Sacramento. Tour operators, we just spent four days on the old highway, old Route 66 down in Southern California, picking off old established 
food facilities that had a great reputation for this or that or whatever, uh, some of them fancy. And as Tom just, you know, was talking about Popeye's here, some of them not, not so fancy. This is really becoming a big part of how you sell Sacramento, isn't it? It really is. And I think, you know, it's been great for us to really um, be a part of telling this important story. But, you know, if you look around, we are so lucky that we're in California, but it also puts us in some stiff uh, culinary competition, if you will. Um, But what we found is a key differentiator for us, especially when we're trying to attract visitors, is this approachability factor that we've been able to retain in Sacramento, even as a culinary destination. Um, You know, for people even like myself, I I love to eat, I love to try new things, but I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a, quote, food expert. Um, I just like to eat. I just like to try new things. (laughs) And some of these other nearby cities, while you know, delicious and lovely and packed with restaurants, I think they can be a little bit intimidating um, Mm -hmm. for some visitors. And for us, we've been able to kind of retain this factor of whether it's a five-star restaurant or a fast casual, um, you can walk in and feel comfortable and, and check out the menu and ask questions of your server. And I think people really feel that and appreciate it. I think by and large, uh, what you're saying is that we are regular people here in Sacramento, and we haven't quite we, our, our nose isn't quite as high in the air as perhaps in some other cities where you might find – is it possible you could find a, a dinner in Sacramento that would be very upscale and very reasonable for a lot less than you might find it in San Francisco and you wouldn't have to drive two hours to get there? So I, I think that realization, Carrie, is starting to come to other people. As I talk to tour operators and the like more and more, they ask me questions about Sacramento and, and our food scene, and nobody ever used to ask anything about the food yeah. in Sacramento. So it's pretty cool. Carrie, we have got to get out of here. Um, I really want to thank you for some time today and giving us kind of this update, and I want you to know that you have a an open line here, so if something cool happens in the food scene or there's a really cool uh something coming up why make sure you give us a call and we'll get you on the air and let you tell folks about it sounds great thanks for the time yeah and carrie stay tuned uh, our next interview coming up after a short break uh, is with a gal from wallet hub and she is going to reveal some pretty startling numbers and information in regards to how sacramento stacks up in the food scene that's coming up uh, next right here on the travel guys Building a better Sacramento with News 93.1, KFBK on 1530 AM and your iHeartRadio app. Hey there, my friends. It's Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you. We are the travel and entertainment guys brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. One of my favorite forms of entertainment is eating, dining. (laughs) Dining out, you know, especially when you go on holiday. And even if you're not in holiday, dining here in Sacramento. You know, from time to time, we bring on uh, our friends at Wallet Hub. They ha- are kind of like famous for their lists uh, and analysts of things that go on in different cities. And back with us is Jill Gonzalez, with uh, analyst with Wallet Hub. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Sacramento and food, aren't we not? Absolutely, yeah. Joe, welcome back to the uh, welcome to the travel guys here. Um, tell us a little bit about the methodology that Wallet Hub used to decide who the best foodie destinations were in the country. 
Yeah, we looked at uh, quite a few metrics here in essentially two categories. So one of those was affordability and the other was diversity, accessibility, quality of food options. So not only, you know, culinary hotspots and what you think of when you think of going out for meals, but also with the rise of kind of home chefs during the pandemic, we looked into gourmet foodies at home as well. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. And I, I looked down the list here, food friendliness of Sacramento. Uh, looks like you rated 91 destinations. So one would be the best, 91 would be the, the lowest. I see here something pretty significant on this list. Affordability and accessibility of highly rated restaurants. Sacramento comes in number one. Whoa. That's pretty impressive. I mean, especially considering that down the road here is one of the most expensive cities on the entire planet. San Francisco, mm-hmm. and a few hundred miles south of that is another fairly expensive area. So for Sacramento to come in um, as an affordable destination, especially in, in light of that, is fairly impressive. It is. You know, affordable, immediately I, I know what that's about. Accessibility. Uh, define that a little bit clearer for me, Jill. So essentially we're looking not only at how affordable restaurants are, but how many affordable restaurants there are as well. So, you know, the more, the better here. So we looked at how many affordable restaurants there were per capita, mm-hmm. the more meaning that people have more access to them. I see. And that's uh, where the accessibility okay. well, factor comes in. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty simple to understand once you tell me. They're, they're, they're accessible because there's more of them. Yeah, this is not about just going out and dining in a restaurant mm-hmm. as much as it is. And, you know, Sacramento, Tom uh, is very proud of the farm-to-fork thing. And I, I think this perhaps addresses that a little bit. One of the other categories that are list here is uh, number of grocery stores per capita. Sacramento was 20th. Number of specialty food stores per capita, gourmet specialty food stores, 13th. So, Jill, that seems to indicate that perhaps the Sacramento area here is uh, not only an up-and-coming place for you to go sit down and have a meal, but perhaps an up-and-coming place for you to put together your own meal. Exactly, yeah. And we actually looked at almost 200 cities in all. So all of these numbers, you know, 13th out of almost 200 is definitely a very high number here. And as we were talking about, you know, during the pandemic, we did see that there was a rise in home chefs, in people looking to be making their own kind of gourmet experiences at home. So all of these are definitely good things. And it's trending so much that it's actually more expensive to do both, whether you want to stay at home and eat, whether you want to go out. Grocery store prices rose about 4% between last year and this year. Restaurant prices rose about 6%. So we're still really looking to find what's affordable from city to city. I know a lot of people in the restaurant industry here in town have worked really hard to put Sacramento on the map. Yeah. And what this really tells me is that not only have, have they had some success putting Sacramento on the map in terms of a place to go out and dine, but what Jill's information tells us here is that Sacramento is just a good place for food, mm-hmm. period. Um, that there's a, there, We have accessibility to a lot of good food here in the Central Valley, and so it makes it a good place for, for restaurants. Jill, have we missed anything here in, in talking about restaurants in Sacramento and food, food accessibility and stuff like that? Any, any little tidbit that you want to share with us? 
I would say, you know, we talked about the gourmet specialty food stores, craft breweries, coffee and tea shops, grocery stores, all in the top 25 for accessibility to those things. Restaurants per capita, 27. So again, out of 200, not far behind. And another thing that I think is worth mentioning is that there's a pretty high percentage of residents who are fully vaccinated there as well. Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe about a year ago, we wouldn't have thought that directly connects to restaurants and to the restaurant mm-hmm. economy. But it does seem to, you know, just even for like a, a safety factor in terms of people wanting to go out and eat. Exactly. I think that's helpful as well. Good. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, Sacramento is in the top quarter of major cities in terms of vaccination. Well, you know, we're talking about Sacramento and how well we rated. I think people are probably curious as to who else might be on the top of the list. I know we'll find a link there at travelguysradio.com. But Jill, uh, who migrated to the very tippy top of the top two or three in regards to these categories city-wise? Yeah, well, Sacramento ranked sixth best overall. So the t- the five cities that beat out Sacramento, Austin, Texas was number five, San Francisco was fourth, Miami third, Orlando second, and Portland, Oregon was number one. So the West Coast did pretty well. Jill, thank you so much for some of your time uh, today. Jill Gonzalez, who is an, an analyst with Wallet Hub, uh, telling us a little bit about uh, how Sacramento got to be ranked the sixth best foodie city in the country. Thank you, Jill. Anytime. You know, Mark, I talked to our buddy uh, Steve Ryan at Rudy's and told him about this interview and how Sacramento was ranked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was he was really surprised. You would think restauranteurs would they would be kind of on top of this. And he was very excited and uh uh, really pumped uh, to see that Sacramento did so well. A lot of people have worked on this for a long time and put a lot of effort into it, so it's nice to see from fried chicken all the way up to Michelin-starred restaurants why uh, there's something there for everybody. Hey, next week, speaking of something for everybody, uh, I will be out in the middle of the ocean, and you will be here uh, nailing down things, <laughs> and we will be talking about uh, Hawaii has become just a huge destination, especially for people on the West Coast. Some Hawaiians are not all that happy about that, and uh, so we're not only going to talk about some cool things to do there, but uh, try try to talk about this back and forth between visitors and residents. All the Hawaii shows are always good ones. Make sure to join us next week, my friends. And don't forget, TravelGuysRadio.com. Check out links to our special guests and so much more. Mark, final word. Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week.